Welcome along to the Loftcast. I'm Paul Morrissey from the club's media team and I'm joined today by club ambassador Andy Sinton and my media colleague Dom Trimboli. The R's suffered a disappointing defeat at high-flying Sheffield United last weekend. We'll look back on that while also previewing Saturday's home fixture with Preston North End. On top of that, we catch up with our ever-improving goalkeeper, Joe Lumley. It's all right here on the Loftcast. Since, Dom, thanks very much for joining us this afternoon. We'll firstly be discussing the defeat at Sheffield United. And, Dom, for your first ever podcast, you join the media team in the summer from uh, sunny Sydney for a uh, not-so-sunny Shepherd's Bush. Um, we'll come to you first. You were at Bramall Lane along with um, Since. Uh, a disappointing result, ultimately, but no, no disgrace against high-flying Sheffield United. They've certainly got their eyes on a, a top-two finish this season. But was it an opportunity missed? Um, well, it was a quite a strange game, I think. Um, obviously, a, a tough side playing at home. Um, like you said, they're sort of you know, up there facing, um, fighting for automatic promotion. So I guess to go there and to have you know, a one nil result that on paper looks like it was a close game, um, and it was a close game, I suppose, um, despite us not having, I guess, much, much sights on, many sights on goal, um, we were still sort of in it for, for 90 minutes. So I guess looking back, um, Steve McLaren will probably be disappointed that his side didn't sort of put, put up more, more of a fight because I think uh, Sheffield were there for the taking. It, it does seem that um, there is that almost sense of opportunity missed. The, the general view on <coughs> social media certainly was exactly that. No, no disgrace, but actually, defensively, we were, we were largely solid, but, but for the, the one breakthrough from uh, McGoldrick. <coughs> now, is that a view that you share since? Yeah, very much so. Um, I think you, you, you mentioned go to Sheffield United and lose as no disgrace, and that wasn't. You know, they're a good side. You know, the second in the table on merit. Uh, won three in a row before we went there. You know, they've got goals throughout their side. So um, the way we were set up, I think, was, was, was right. Um, and to limited someone like Sheffield with the likes of McGoldrick and Sharp and Duffy and people like that in this side to two shots all day or two efforts on target uh, speaks volumes for the team in a defensive capacity. Mm. I just think on the day we didn't, we didn't carry our usual threat, whether that's on the counter, uh, from set plays, uh, some of our more forward, better players who've excelled over recent weeks were kept quiet, so you give the opposition credit for that. Um, a win against us, missed opportunity. Yes, for me it was uh, because you go into the game four points adrift of Derby, who lose on Friday night. Mm. You're not to know what's going to happen on Saturday, but then you come in and you find Forest have lost, you find Birmingham have lost, um, Villa have lost, and you just think, you know, if we had just got something from today's game, but uh, wasn't the be been on a great run, need to get back on the horse. On the flip side of that, if you are to, to talk about chasing the, the sixth spot like you're alluding to there, going into the weekend, we were four points off, and at the end of the weekend, we're four points off, and we've now ticked off Sheffield United away. So it wasn't actually a, a bad, bad result <laughs> in that respect. For instance, had we gone to Sheffield United and won, and all the teams above us won, we'd be four off the playoffs and... People will be saying, "Wow, what a great result against Sheffield United!" It's almost got. It's starting, starting to get to that stage of the season now where results are relative. If you're talking about chasing the, the top six, 
you, you are saying it's relative to, to what the other teams do. A hundred percent. You know, you. well, I am, you know, I get home and I, I look at results and I analyse, you know, and I look at league tables and I see what's coming. You know, um, we are close to top six, you know, whether we can get there, who knows? You know, we've got, what have we got, 18, 19 more games. That'll tell us where we are eventually. But uh, I just looked the other day and... If only we had got something on the board, you know, <laughs> yeah. it makes you a little bit better. I then have a look at, yeah, we've got a tough one at the weekend, which we'll come to. We've got the cup, which hopefully we can progress. But then you look into February, we've got a tough yeah. uh, February. You go to Wigan, and I will come on to that maybe next week. But we've got a Wigan, really, people will say, well, Wigan, not doing so great. Look at their home form. Then you go Birmingham. Birmingham then you yeah. go Bristol City away. Then you go Leeds. potentially Leeds. Then you go West Brom. Then you go Middlesbrough. So, um but listen, you, you earn the right mm. against any team, and sometimes what looks difficult on paper, you, you come out with more points than you you think you might, and vice versa. So, uh, but no, going back up, I know we're going off the beaten track a little bit. Saturday, good size Sheffield United, and a big, big crowd. Certainly no disgrace. Defensively, I thought we were really, really solid. Did we do enough to win the game on the day? Probably the honest answer is no. Yeah, Dom, it was uh, half chances really for us. Cousins from distance, Eze from distance, and probably closest of all was Luke Freeman from distance. It just drifted um, beyond the far post. And to be honest, after he scored that cracker at Villa Park, you, you can't blame him for shooting. And I think everyone at Bramall Lane of acute yard persuasion was egging him on to, to shoot. But we, we were quite in, in attack. We probably didn't ask the questions that we're, we're used to asking this season. Yeah, I think going there, we always knew that Sheffield were going to enjoy more of the ball and um, naturally would be setting up sort of quite deep. But I feel like probably we, we set up probably a bit too deep. Um, and then when we did get the ball, there wasn't enough players going forward to sort of um, make an attack. I mean, there was a couple of times where, especially when Bright came on in the second half, where there was that sort of a split second where you thought maybe, you know, the break's on here. But mm. we just couldn't thread through that final ball. And um, like you said, we're sort of resorting to those pot shots from distance. Um, you know, Freeman had a couple of, of those and that second one, like you said, was um, I think closer than a lot of people um, first realised. Mm. I think you saw from uh, Freezy's reaction that I think he, uh, he was a bit disappointed that he didn't get that on target. So I think, yeah, like Sin said, um, McLaren was probably hoping that we'd offer more going forward and I think, you know, come uh, Saturday against Preston, we'll probably be looking towards uh, those front third players to to set things up a bit and, and try to uh, cause uh, Preston some more problems in their back third. Yeah, and also it's worth remembering as well that we are playing these games without uh, all due respect to the players that are playing, but you know, obviously we're missing um, Dom's boy, Mass, who, who's out representing his country in the Asia Cup. We're, we're missing Jeff Cameron, and we all know the, the impact and influence he's had on the club, both on and off the pitch, in terms of in the dressing room. He's a, a real loud character, a real leader. Um, so we've been missing him and obviously Angel Rangel, his experience and know-how and he's been excellent for us as well. And Tom Ahmed, who obviously scored three goals for us prior to picking up his injury problem. So, you know, we're, we're doing that without some key players. I think you made a great point, Paul, I think. And that's, uh, you know, I picked up a little bit of disappointment uh, from, you know, everyone on Saturday. But that I feel that's a sign of how far we've come. In recent months, and you know, being without the players that we've done, credit to the guys that have stepped in. We've been on a really, really good run. I think the mood around Loftus Road is probably as good as it's been for three years plus. 
Um, so yeah, you know, we you go to Sheffield United, good side. And I think sometimes it might look like we sat back a little bit. I think you give Sheffield United credit. I was really intrigued by the way they set out the game, their formation. Very flexible, but it was obvious to me after about five minutes, and I said it on commentary time and time again, they play with three at the back, but playing against when they got uh, three defenders with technically only Naki to, to mark as such. Chris Basham almost then became a problem for us defensively, and yet he's a centre-back because he pushed on wide, almost became from a third centre-back, almost became a wing-back. George Baldock then took Jake Bidwell inside, and they were always mm. trying to create Eiffel down that right-hand side. That's where the goal from came from. Not by that passage of play, if you like, but I just felt the way they played caused us a few problems without, us, without them opening us up. And it probably took us till half-time to really get the grips with that. What can we learn from a game like that? <clears throat> what can we learn? We can learn we're not far away, as we've seen all season. You know, I don't think we, and it's credit to Steve, credit the players, and credit the way we've, we've played over, certainly since we mentioned again, those first four games of the season. What do we learn? We know on any given day we'll beat anyone. On any given day, uh, games are going to be in the balance and I just feel we're a little bit better when we're a bit more positive in certain areas of the pitch. And uh, as I say, so I came away, got in the car on Saturday, disappointed, but think, you know what? We're still a good side. We're not far away. Now we need to go on a, another run. And let's see what, where that can take us. Yeah, while it was disappointing about us not creating too much, it, it is worth remembering <coughs> the Sheffield United didn't create a great deal. There wasn't a, a save as such for Joe Lumley to make yeah. it, obviously, aside from the, the goal they scored. So it was almost two, two good sides largely cancelling each other out. Well, I spoke to someone up there after the game, um, you know, kept connected to Sheffield United, and they, they were saying that's the quietest they've been at home over recent months, you know, normally at home. You look at the three games before they went there, they scored three in all of them. Mm. You know, three wins, scored three, nine goals, three goals. Uh, they've got the capabilities with what they've got on the side, the way they play. Uh, someone like Billy Sharp, you know, 220-odd goals. It's a fantastic achievement. McGoldrick's a good striker. Previous to when we played there, you know, you, you just got to look at their intentions, what they signed, Kieran Dow, Gary Medine, to add to what mm. they've already got. So... Um, they're a good side, so for us to go there, be a little bit disappointed in what we offered attacking-wise, but to limit them to what they had, you know, credit where credit's due, we did that well. That side of the game was really, really good. Joe didn't have much to do, um, but what have you made of him this season since coming <clears> in? <throat> Outstanding. Um, I really think he's come on leaps and leaps and bounds, you know, uh, went out on loan last year, um, did really, really well. I think learned a bit more about goalkeeping and his trade, if you like, and uh, that's that's stood him in good stead. Had to come in at the start of the season by this time. Once he's had his opportunity, he's been it's a team effort, but you know Joe has been excellent in everything that he's done. He's clean sheets, yet that's not all down to him. What I've liked about Joe in recent weeks, you know, there's times where he's had very little to do. But there's times where he's had to produce something. You know, you look at a Reading game at home. Mm. I think he's made three top, top saves there. You look at the save he pulls out at Nottingham Forest yeah. in the dying seconds yeah. of the game to, you know, get that history-making win. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what's he kept to a 10, 10 clean sheets in his 23 league appearances? Absolutely superb. Great young kid. Works his socks off. Wants to improve. Deserves 
all the credit and all the pats on the back that he's getting. Well, let's catch up with him now. Let's hear it from QPR goalkeeper Joe Lumley. Well, Joe, thanks very much for joining us on the Loftcast. Firstly, how's the mood after the weekend? A disappointing result, but what's the feeling around the place? Yeah, it's uh, obviously our run, our little unbeaten run come to an end. Um, it, we was disappointed after the game. We felt that we probably deserved more. Um, the manager said after that we take the positives, but we didn't rec- really create a lot of chances for us to score. Either did they, to be fair. They had one good chance and they took it and scored. Um, and probably that was the difference. That's probably why they're second. They, they obviously took their chance. And and yeah, but yeah, disappointed. But we go again. We trained hard, uh, hard today, yesterday and today. And yeah, go looking forward to Preston. Yeah, it was a strange old game because like you say, there was no real chances at either. And they took the, the one real chance that came their way but it certainly wasn't one of your busiest days no not in, t- in terms of making saves it wasn't um, but they're probably the so sorry from that you're, you actually would consider that was a busy day but not in terms of saving it so from the novice's eye if you like you think oh, Joe hasn't been busy but yeah. you'd probably actually go hang on from... mate I'll be working my socks off and yeah, was... keeping the defenders on it exactly yeah. so, even if you don't touch the ball for 15 minutes I always feel like I'm busy because I'm telling I'm I'm stopping myself from doing things if you know what I mean yeah. by by telling the defenders and and uh yeah giving instructions out to the defenders and they're doing doing the job for me in a way um yeah so that's that's the aim but uh at the weekend I was I was busy and so I had the ball a lot with my feet a lot of passing which uh always working on and um yeah not many saves but but yeah, always feel always feel busy, even if I haven't got the ball. So I've got to talk and organise and move, follow the play, and be ready for the counter attack. And yeah, mm. always busy. Yeah. Since I'll ask you this because I can't really put <coughs> Joe on the spot there, but from from that point of view, how, how big a, an attribute is that for for a goalkeeper? While well, you never played in goal, you you played at left back in the latter stages of your career, so. You, you, got the hype, you got the hype for the kid, right? <laughs> I think I might get chipped a little bit too easy. But, uh... Uh, so you're used to having goalkeepers behind you barking instructions or perhaps those that, that didn't. How, how important a part of uh, a goalkeeper's repertoire is that, that constant shouting? I think it's huge. I think it's huge for people in front of you, you know, to, to constantly hear your goalkeeper barking instructions, you know, get tight, stop the cross, show them inside. Uh, little bits of information. I don't think you can underestimate that. But I think I'm not a goalkeeper and certainly not a goalkeeping coach, but I think sometimes they can be the hardest games for a goalkeeper when you haven't got a lot to do because then you're purely relying on your concentration, your focus, you're watching the play sometimes in the opposition half, you've got to get your starting position correct. you know. So, And it's very, very easy just to switch off for that split second and that split second can cost you a yard, it can cost you slightly being out of position and sometimes you can get, uh, you can get hurt by that. So, so credit to Joe. You know, in certain games this season, he's been well, well protected. Um, but when he's had to, I think we mentioned a couple of times, Reading at home, he made two or three really, really good saves. Forrest away, where he's pulled out a magnificent yeah, save. So, I'm not sure I'll ask him. We you know the goalkeepers prefer to be busy. It's a catch-22. You don't want to be overly busy because it probably yeah. shows you're getting overrun as a team. But you want to be kept in the game to the degree. Is that yeah, right? Well, you look at, you said Forrest. 
I don't really don't think I had a yeah. save to make. Yeah, until the I last minute. I can't remember until the last minute. And he pulled one out. And it was all. It was most of it was screaming and shouting yep. at mm. the defenders and <clears throat> clearing up. And that's also and if I'm just butt in again. I'm not a goalkeeper, but that's mentally tiring, isn't it? Oh, you yeah, you mentioned so about being busy, but that's mentally draining that you're constantly because you're playing you're playing another ten players' games. Exactly. So I come off the pitch not physically tired. I yep. don't cover a lot of distance. Uh, well, not at all. You don't definitely don't come off physically tired, but yeah. mentally you, yeah. you just feel drained. Um, and yeah, you you've got to work a lot on the mental side of the game on because mistakes for a goalkeeper is, leads to a goal. And how if that happens early early on in the game, yeah, how do you react from that? So you've got to, for me mentally as a goalkeeper is seventy percent of the game is. You don't touch the ball for probably seventy percent of the game. So yeah. mentally, you've got to be. Well, tough I played with again going back to me. Uh, I played with some top managers, and they used to say, you know, the the, the shot stopping's basically what you're there for. You're it's, butter, yeah. it's all the other stuff, you know, your communication, your organising, your starting positions, your, you know, when to slow the game down, all those bits around the game outside management, of management. Yeah, yeah, everything. Yeah. In in terms of you. You certainly come across now a very <clears throat> confident, accomplished goalkeeper. How much are you benefiting now from the experiences you had at Bristol Rovers and Blackpool? Oh yeah, for any young goalkeeper, I think you have to go out on loan and play men's football. Even if you go out in the, I keep I keep saying to the young goalies here, try and get out and loan into the conference, even in the lower than the conference. Just go and play men's football because, as I said before, mentally you can only. It's all about winning. Mm. Twenty under twenty threes football is very good. I always say it's very good. The standard and the players you get in the twenty threes football is is like it's quality. But there's nothing really on the game. So you go out to play in proper games and in non-league, your boys are playing for their for bonuses and that that pays off pays yeah. their mortgage and yeah. things like that. So yeah, I can't I can't. Ian Holloway was big on me to go to Bristol Rovers, so I can't thank him enough. And obviously Daryl Clark when I was there, and then um, going to to Blackpool, um, Gary Bowyer when I was there, he was he was brilliant. I played every game that when I was there, and yeah, I I think that's the you have to go out and own and experience and experience playing men's football. It's you can only learn, and when you get up when you get the opportunity to. To just just take it and keep learning. And it's interesting. You look at the the three established young players in the first team now: Joe Lumley, Darnell Furlong, Abire Eze. They've all got that in common. They've all gone out on loan to earn their stripes and get used to men's football and the pressure of it all being about winning. I don't think you can underestimate it. And Joe's just touched on that hundred percent. Agree. Darnell's done it. Abire's does it. You know. I think you. It's a form of growing up. I don't mean in terms of. Well, it is. You grow as a man. You grow as a person because you're playing with hardened, experienced pros that sometimes take this the right way. In the 23s, you might be allowed to get away with. Yeah. They won't because you know. <clears throat> excuse me. If you make that mistake, you're going to cost him. You might cost him his career. You might cost the manager his job mm. if you do it two or three you know, times. Yeah. And that is the big thing about growing up. We spoke to Gareth Ainsworth, and he mentioned something about Eberezi. He let a runner go once. Not only did Gareth pin him, but two or three of the players and say, "Oi." You don't do that because that's going to cost us victory, you know. And we're fighting for every, every point. And as Joe says, you know, at the, at the lesser levels, you know, some of these boys aren't on the biggest of money. That bonus can help their families, and they'll do anything they possibly can Absolutely to get it. Anything to win, yeah. yeah. 
and that's the big difference. And uh, as I say, I'm I've let's get it right. Twenty threes has, has got a huge part of play in development of players, but I think the next step once you've done that is to get out and get into proper football. And I think we see the benefits, and certainly the three we've got have come back far, far, far better players for it. You did, sorry, you you have to go and make your mistakes. Go and make yeah. out and make mistakes. Mm. That's for me. Growing up, I have made countless mistakes in games, in training. But I don't think if I hadn't made the mistakes, yeah. I wouldn't have learned and I wouldn't be where I am now. And it's, it's all about the reaction from their mistakes. Is how you develop. Strikers love to score goals. Would you say you love your clean sheets as much as strikers <laughs> love their goals? Yeah, I think you uh, <laughs> you see me at, at the end of a game, if I keep a clean sheet, I'd, some celebrations a bit over the top. But uh, <laughs> no, that's that's why I'm there to... It's not just me. It's, yeah. You look at... It starts from the the front. It's the, You just look at our shape now in games. It's the, the, the strikers, Naki Wells and whoever's mm. playing up top, Smudger, Toma, whoever, Rem, their defending is quality from the from the front. So it's not just me, but in terms of, as you said, if it's like scoring a goal or whatever, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, that's what I'm there for <coughs> to keep clean sheets. A four-one win or one-nil. One-nil. All, <laughs> all day long. All day long. <laughs> See, since we still talk about your four-one win at United, he wouldn't have that on his no, watch. Yeah, exactly. I'd take a one-nil over a five-one-six-one. There's one something. Nil. There's actually something about <laughs> a one-nil victory in that clean sheet, isn't it? Can't be a, a one-nil victory away from home. That's the that's the best. The, the result at Forest. Yeah. We were digging in the last twenty minutes. I think we we probably touched the ball like three times, <laughs> but they're the best wins because the whole team's fighting. It's like, yeah, it's it's, it's class. You all feel like you're in it together. Yeah, in it together, and then the final whistle goes and you're buzzing. It's, they're the best. Um, since 2016-17, when you first went out on loan, you've made 63 appearances. You've kept 28 clean sheets. That's a 44% clean sheet ratio, which. Is pretty incredible. You must be very proud of, of that statistic. I want to make it 50%. Well, I want to make it obviously higher than 50%, but yeah, I'm, I don't really look into things like, into stats like that, to be honest. I, I don't even know that, to be honest. Um, I just, I'm just grateful for my opportunity to, to play, really. I just take each game as it comes. And um, yeah, I don't really look into stats. I just, do my best every game in training keep trying to learn and develop and yeah just keep taking the, if I've got the opportunity to play keep just keep taking it in terms yeah. of this season on a personal level and a team level you must be very pleased with how the season is going yeah definitely it's, everyone's sort of played a part um, we, yeah we just as I said just keep taking each game as it comes mm. and um, uh, we, we obviously lost our last game against Sheffield United but we always we'd we take the positives and learn from it and go again and try and win the next game. It's each game sort of like a little project where we go and try and win each game. We don't think about the neck, the, the game, not even sure we've got after Preston. But, uh, the focus is purely on the next yeah, game. Yeah, it's just purely on, on Preston. I think it might be the FA Cup game after yeah, that. Portsmouth, yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, we're not thinking about that yet. It's, it's purely Preston and then we go again after Preston. Yeah. Goalkeepers, you know, the goalkeeping union, tight knit. Look yeah. after each other. You know, you've had to go out on loan. You've played 
second fiddle under various goalkeepers. You come back, Matty Ingram gets the shirt to start the season. Circumstances dictate that you go into the side and having a look back. Like goalkeeping union, how have you been with Matty? And more importantly, how has Matty been towards you since that sort of changeover at the start of the season? Oh, if I'll be, this is telling the truth, honestly, if, I don't, if Matty wasn't here, I wouldn't have progressed as much. Wow. As I have. Do you want to enlarge on that? Do you want to? He's do you want to... so he works his nuts off every single day, and I I've got a. I remember <clears> Les <throat> telling me once about Alec when Alex McCarthy was here. Yeah. I said to Les, I want to be as good as Alex McCarthy. He said, Why would you want to be as good as Alex McCarthy? Then we're you're the same. Why not be better than <laughs> Alex McCarthy? And I was like that clicked in my head. I was thinking, Yeah, you're right. So when Matty, Matty's pulling off saves left, right and centre, I think oh, I've got to do better than that. So he's always pushing on, which then I push on, which I which then pushes him on. Yep. And we just keep learning and learning. We're, we're great friends off the pitch. It's, well, on the pitch, we're, when we're training, we, have a, yeah. we, have a, we enjoy it. Because um, you're in that unusual position yeah, it's, where it's a specialist position. You spend a lot yeah. of time on your own training away from the group with Gavin Ward, you know, but it's, it's interesting to see that you're probably... Without knowing it, every minute of every session, you're battling against yeah. each other, but still wanting your mate yeah. to do really, yeah. really well. It's but quite. I want, I want him to do well yeah. because then it pushes me to do even better. That's that's. I think that's how you should be. If you if if you've got any sort of friction between any goalkeepers that you work with, it's not going to work at exactly. all. It's, you've got to just like me and Matty always say to each other I've got I've got nothing on Matty Matt, Matty's got like not in terms of like I've got nothing against him he's got nothing against me mm-hmm. we just both work our nuts off every day and keep learning and keep pushing each other and yeah keep developing that's that's what it's all about and then you've got Waldy who who knows that who's yep. different class as well where he pushes us on even more and yeah you, you can only just keep getting better and it's always interesting though that one of the first people to congratulate you after a good result, a good performance, is Matt Ingram. And you yeah. think it's to his detriment when you do well, but he's he doesn't see it like that in the same way you oh, wouldn't if his roles yeah. were reversed. As I said, if there if there's any friction there or anything, there's sort of no point being it because then you don't enjoy it. It's, so yeah, Matty's, Matty's class. He's a great lad, quality goalkeeper. So, so yeah, just as I said, keep keep pushing each other and keep developing, yeah. And how pleased were you for him at the second half against Leeds United? He had a, a difficult first half, second half, he pulled off a couple of really big saves that helped us get across the Yeah, well, the I line. said it a couple of minutes ago, didn't I, about reacting from your mistakes. Mm. You can't react better than that, can you? He's, he's, made, he's pulled off four class saves and got us the win, in a way. Mm. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, that's that's where you got. I said it earlier. You got to be mentally strong, and yeah, I was I was delighted for him to, to that we got the win. Really, going back to you and how well it's gone for you this season. Has it helped having a relatively settled back four in front of you? Yeah. You know, um, I think Tony Lashner's only missed the one game. Lynchy's missed a couple. Jake Bidwell's ever present. You know, Angel Rangel until he got his injury was I think he had seventeen games in a row. How? Is that helpful for a goalkeeper? Yeah, definitely. Obviously, you've got the two centre-halves who have, I think, have, have I played every game that they played? Or it Can't be far off. I think yeah. you're probably right, yeah. I think Lynch missed one game, didn't he, over yeah. 
in December. But oh, Darnell, yeah, so Nottingham Forest. Darnell played there, but yeah. but yes, they all know. They all know their own jobs, and they all know their the person beside them. So it's jobs. developing the consistency of the exactly, team selection yeah. that allows you to develop that understanding. Yeah, yeah everyone knows their jobs. I'm, <clears throat> I know their jobs, and I always I always say to them, just listen to me. I'll help, I'll try and help you out as much as I can, and they do. So, yeah, it's whoever whoever gets put in there knows knows what to do. So as I said, Darnell had to go put a shift in at centre half and then Jordan Cousins played right back. Yeah, yeah. did well. So and he done a great job and you got Angel who's who done a had a great job and he was unlucky with his injury and mm. he's he's getting back to full fitness now so won't be long. Which then probably pushes Darnell because he's now coming back. So but everyone knows their jobs. It's a good it's a good even not just a defence in the mid everywhere around the pitch, everyone knows their jobs. It's a good, it's a good squad. We get on well. It's, it's good. We have good, good banter in the change room, apart from a few there. <laughs> Shocking banter flying <laughs> out, but nice. No, That's uh, no, a good. It's a good group. Um, and it'd be remiss of me not to ask you about your broken nose and two black eyes. Yeah. The boyish good looks have gone. As Steve <laughs> McLaren said afterwards, he's now a proper goalkeeper with yeah. a cut on his face. Uh, we won't focus too much on the actual challenge itself. I think it's fair to say it was a, a disappointing one. But yeah. after that, um, certainly the, initially it looked like there's no way the goalkeeper's going to be able to carry on. You looked anywhere but at Villa Park. You didn't look with it at all. So yeah. initially, and I think Darnell said afterwards that you were saying, oh, I'm, I'm gone here, D. I'm yeah. gone. What do you remember about it after the incident? Uh, to be fair, I didn't get, I wasn't, uh, I didn't get knocked out. No. I was, I was I was still there because you was you was stood dazed, up and though, gradually was, went down. Yeah, yeah, I was, I, I was shocked. So I was a bit like shaky, but I weren't going. I, I weren't going off. I knew straight <laughs> I weren't going off. Um, yeah, it's just uh, in a way. I know it sounds a bit stupid. In a way, it made me concentrate even more. Like, didn't think I had any more in there to mm-hmm. to concentrate. If you know what I mean. But because I thought, all right, I've got to get my head straight here. Even with like kicking and I don't know. Uh, Talking to the back four, the concentrate. I had to concentrate even more to get myself back to sort of normal state. So, yeah, it's, I, it happens in a game, doesn't it? I'm going to expect another one. Mm. Well, not expect it. You just, you just yeah. it will just happen. So. Part of the job, isn't it? It's like exactly. sat back. You know, you see some. Certainly, when I played, you see some of their their noses are all over the place. It's comes with position. That's why I decided to make my trade as a winger. Yeah. <laughs> get out, get out of the way. Let them get on with that. <laughs> um, it, it doesn't. There's no mental block for you there. No, nah, nothing really. I'm, I'm all, all good here. Yeah. <laughs> they say keepers are crackers, don't yeah. they? To be fair. Um, looking ahead then to uh, this weekend, and we spoke about it earlier on the Loftcaster. We played Ipswich at Loftus Road. There was an expectancy to win and we went out there and won 3-0. We then played Reading. There was the expectancy to win and we drew 0-0. Playing Preston at home, Preston having a difficult season, that expectancy comes again because we are doing so well. We are at home. Is that part of a challenge for, for the players? Um, not really because we prepare the same for every single game, whoever we're playing. I know it is it is hard not to think about if an if a game's going to be easier or harder. If you know what I mean. I think but, people judge that on yeah, lead table position yeah, exactly, of the last yeah. four or five games, you know. But 
I've you, said you time can't. and time again, and you back me up. You have to earn the right you to have gain to, every exactly, point yeah, and every respect. And yeah. we just, yeah, as I said, prepare exactly the same for every single game. Obviously, if things are going wrong, you try and change it. But in terms of that preparation, we'll we'll do the same. So, it's uh, fans or people like the neutral may say that we're expected to win, but. We'll, we'll respect Preston. They're obviously they're a good side. They beat us at the start of the season, yep. the first game. Um, and hopefully we can go out there and and beat them and hopefully they don't do do, do the double over. So, yeah. Win, lose or draw, it, it does seem really noticeable this season. I've certainly never seen it before. At the end of the game, all the players walk around and there's a lap of a, appreciation to the supporters, if you like, and that's irrespective of the result. Like we mentioned Reading, there was probably a bit of disappointment that we hadn't won and yet all of you are out there doing the, the full lap of appreciation. There does seem to be a real close relationship right now between the players and the supporters. Yeah, I, you've, you've got to have that good relationship really because they, they pay money to come and watch, watch us play. So we've got to put performance on and try out, we, we do, we try our absolute best to get the result for them. And uh, yeah, they, everyone knows what the QPR fans are all about. They, they're always, they're always like helping you out, encouraging. Mm. So, yeah, just as I said, do we will try our best every single game and try and yeah do it for them really. And with your goal celebrations, you look like you could be one of them in the loft yeah. when QPR <laughs> score. It's quite unusual to see a keeper celebrate to the extent you celebrate. Where does that come from? What's that about? Oh, I don't know. I, me, me and my older brother always talk about because we used to play in the garden, playing against each other, and none of us wanted to lose. So it's just that. <laughs> Winning, winning mentality of I just hate losing. So when whenever we win games, it's the it's the best feeling, really. So mm. I can't can't help it. I think it's not like a forced thing. It's just like I no. Can't and help you it. seem to enjoy doing it with the yeah. fans. Like yeah, you run exactly, over yeah. to the fans and yeah. the the, the uh, fist pump and all the yeah. rest of it. You seem to really enjoy do, that yeah. moment. Yeah, I'm going to end up knee sliding or <laughs> crowd diving. So I don't know what I'm going to do. No, it's, uh, yeah, you got. To, Got to celebrate with the fans. So, yeah, as I said, I can't, I can't help it. I just, whatever, whatever, whatever comes out of me, really. I don't know. <laughs> Keep doing what you do. Yeah. Just finally, then, what's your targets personally for the rest of the season? Um, I don't really set targets to be honest, but clean sheets. To try and get probably, yeah. I haven't really thought about it, but because of the question earlier, probably get fifty percent clean sheets. Be tough. But, um, yeah, I'll do my best, and I just keep, take, keep taking each game as it come, comes. Try and play the rest of the season, keep keep playing well, and keep keep learning. And that's all you can do, really. Keep developing. As I said, I'm grateful for the opportunity that Gaff has given me, and Gavin Ward, and obviously the staff. So I've just got to keep keep taking the opportunity. And yeah, I don't really set targets; just keep playing. Great stuff. Well, listen, best of luck for the rest no, of the season and on Saturday against Preston. Yeah, Good luck, thank Jeff. you very much. Cheers. Tickets for Saturday's home game against Preston North End are on general sale. For further information, visit our box office. You can email them, boxo at qpr.co.uk or call 0208 740 2613. That's 0208 740 2613. Since Dom, great to catch up there with Joe Lumley and he's a... He's excellent on the pitch, but also excellent off it. He's a, he's a, a real nice character and a, he's a, one of those 
good lads around the place, isn't he? You just get that that feeling that he's just someone who really appreciate what appreciate what's he what he's got, and he loves every aspect of being a professional footballer. A hundred percent. You know, I I like to be in his company. I like to see him. He's always got a smile on his face. Mm. He knows he's doing well, but he's not above himself. Uh, yeah, he'll do anything for anyone. Spends time with fans. He comes on events that are needed behind the scenes. I'm sure he's great for you guys in the media. And you know that's that's the mark of his upbringing. But that's a mark of what he feels. He just loves coming into work. You know, I've seen him. He'll, he'll stay out long after people are in. You know, to improve his game. And uh, that's a delighted for him. And uh, long may it continue. Okay, turning to Preston this weekend, then, Dom. It's going to be a, a difficult game, very different game to one at Sheffield United. And I suppose part of the challenge is when we went to Sheffield United, there was the hope we can get a point against a team flying high. <coughs> We're now home against a team that are having a difficult season, and the the biggest challenge for the QPR players, I'd imagine, is going to be that aspect of expectancy at Loftus Road. Yeah, I think on paper we're definitely expected to, to pick up the three points and I think there's probably a bit of pressure now as well. Um, looking back at our past few results now, it's been um, you know three wins without, uh, three games, sorry, without a win and although I guess those games were you know tough ones on the road, um, it's probably getting to that stage now where if we do want to compete and, and progress up the table, um, we need to start stringing wins together, um, not just draws and you know undefeated streaks. So... I think there will be a certain pressure, um, but I think back at home at Loftus Road, um, you know, the players are comfortable there, um, expecting a decent crowd there. So I think that that expectation is probably something that players and fans are, are sort of uh, are feeding on this year. We've seen that, um, you know, as we string in more and more results together, there's that expectation of, um, you know, beating teams more and more. So mm. I think I think that's something that is positive for the club. Um, and hopefully that sort of gets us off on the, on the front foot on Saturday. Yeah, how do you deal with that aspect from a player's point of view since when there is that expectancy in the same way Sheffield United would have been expecting to beat QPR because Sheffield United were at home and QPR were mid-table and now it's us at home and we're playing a team that are 18th in the table have had a, a difficult season. They only picked up two points from their last five league games so there is that expectancy. There's no getting away from that. As a player, is that something you're mindful of? Is that almost on the manager to ram home, don't be going into this expecting to win, thinking you can just rock up? Because as we found against Reading, I'm not saying that was the mentality before it, but against Reading there was that expectancy and we drew nil-nil and it came a few days after the expectancy against Ipswich and we produced a performance and won 3-0. Expectancy as a player, yeah, I think you just, you just have to deal with it. You know, First of all, get your preparation right all week. And I've got no problems with that at all with Steve. There'll be no stone unturned uh, for Preston. You know, what they're going to do won't surprise us. So you get your preparation right, uh, then it's just about you performing. As an individually, you know, you get your, as a player, managers used to say to me, and I pass it on, you know, I'm responsible for me. If I'm, first and foremost, if I produce and I are somewhere near the top of my game, that's what I'm in the side for. That can then help someone alongside me. And you need players to win their individual battles right across the pitch. So, um, so yeah, you just get on with it. You know, Steve will have them well prepared. We'll be well prepared as, uh, as players and individually. Then you've just got to step across the white line and produce somewhere near your best. Any given day, 
that might not happen. You know, a decision might go against you, but no, more often than not, you get your you get your performance right. The result has a habit of taking care of itself. Do you have players in the dressing room who also ram home the manager's message? They're saying, going back to your playing days, where there loud voices in there, sort of reminding you in the nicest possible way, don't underestimate what we got to do today. Yes, always, you know, uh, that's that's never changed and it'll be the same. Unless the... Why am I seeing Alan McDonald in my head when I ask that question? <laughs> well, he's one that springs to mind. Macca was great at that, but, um, and you need that. Ray Wilkins was fantastic at that, you know, and you... Is that before the game, during the game? Leading up to the game, all week. You know, if we had a performance where we deli- dipped below the standards we had set... Mm. First of all, I think that as a player I know individually, didn't need a, a newspaper yeah. to mark me out of 10, didn't need the crowd to tell me how well I played or didn't, <laughs> as the case was more often than not. Um, I knew, but leading up to the week, the manager would tell you and show you, probably on clips and whatever, so, you know, what we're not happy about, where, where can we get better. Players, big characters in the dressing room would gently remind you in various ways, you know. You weren't quite added Saturday. Come on, we need you. And that's where someone like Amaka was brilliant when I played and Ray was, Ray was outstanding because a little quiet word or sometimes just a look <laughs> in training was enough to say, come on, we need more from that. So, uh, so yeah, so players, players will know they'll be big characters, but uh, let's just, we've been on a great run. Let's get that performance level where it's been. You're going to have ups and downs, you know, and if you keep that to a minimum, Prior to the Sheffield game, we've been outstanding. So let's get back on the horse, let's get our performance right. And let's face it, we've got no right to underestimate Preston North End because they've had a little bit of a, a, a sign over us since they came up a couple of years ago. They beat us earlier in the season. What about I expect from Preston? I don't think they'll come and make the pitch huge and enter into a, uh, an enthralling game of football. I think they'll sit back, they'll be hard to break down. And that's where patient, not only from the players and the staff, but also for the fans, is going to play a big, big part on Saturday. And um, it's been confirmed that the three injured players are going to are due back in February. Um, so it's great to have Tom Hammond, Jeff Cameron, and Angel Rangel back and available for selection next month. The only other missing member of that is um, Mas Luongo. He's away um, competing in the Asia Cup. We'll go directly to our Australia correspondent. Um, how are Australia getting on, Dom, in that? And uh, how, more importantly, is Mas Luongo getting on in that? Uh, When's gonna... he back, basically? <laughs> To be determined. Uh, it's been a bit of a, a mixed uh, start to the tournament for Australia. Um, lost the opening game against Jordan 1-0, but bounced back um, in the second game with a 3-0 win against... I've put you on the spot massively Against there, Palestine. <laughs> Palestine. Um, must start the first game against Jordan and probably um, was a bit unlucky in the sense that um, he was dropped for the second game on the back of that, but um, you know, he can probably be... Um, Felt a bit hard done by because obviously changes had to be made um, from that game. So he was unfortunately one of the ones to, to come out from that. But um, I mean, aside from how he's been going for Australia, I think he's been doing very well um, mm. this season for QBR. Started perhaps a bit slowly, um, but he's really sort of stepped stepped it up. Um, and he's really made that middle of the park his own. Um, was really starting to form, a, I guess, a, a very solid partnership with, with Jeff Cameron. Yeah. Um, what I liked about them was they sort of worked in tandem. So... If Cameron was sitting, Mus would be able to, to push forward. If Mus was sitting, Jeff would push mm. forward. So I think um, 
you know, Steve McCarron will be looking to, to get both of those back, and I think they'll be very much like two new signings when they do come back. Yeah, I think, and particularly a, a player like Massa, he, he's one that you notice how much you need him when you don't have him there. Just like Dom, certainly, I think he's been been outstanding the majority of the season. Um, he's been very good since we signed him, I felt, you know, um, real influence in the middle of the park, and you're right, I think you not being disrespectful to anyone else, but I think you actually miss him when he's not around. Mm. Um, so, yeah, um, he's away with his national side. We, we wished him well in that, but uh, may come back injury-free, rearing to go for the for the final push for Rangers. So we're hoping Australia bomb out the earliest opportunity. <laughs> is that what saying? <laughs> but just a word also on uh, Jordan Cousins and Josh Goan, who have come in um, in the absence of uh, Jeff Cameron and Masaluongo, and they've come in and, uh, and they've done well, and... Also, one of the challenges for them is, whereas Mass and Jeff have been able to build that relationship that Dom talks about, about the understanding, Josh and Jordan have almost had to build that on the go, haven't they? Because suddenly they're, they're playing together at first-team games and <clears throat> they've got to build that, that understanding and that relationship that Mass and Jeff have had the time to do themselves. Yeah, as I said, they've probably been thrown together more so than Steve would have wanted and they would have wanted. You know, Jeff and Mass earlier in the season formed a really good partnership. Um, then you lose Jeff through injury, Mass through the, being called called away by his country. And Josh and Jordan have gone into that middle of the park and have actually, in certain games, they've done very well. Certain mm. games they've, they've done okay in. And you can see very much they're growing as a, as, as a partnership. Yeah. So, uh, as I say, they've been absolutely fine. I just feel a little bit Mass tends to knit everything together a little bit and as a almost an ever present first team player which he was I think we just missed them uh, more than people might know okay great stuff thanks for your views and Dom for your debut on the Loftcast and <laughs> um, we'll be back next week when we be looking back on the game against Preston and looking ahead to can't believe I'm saying these words words a fourth round FA Cup tie we make the trip of course next weekend to Portsmouth. Thanks for listening to the Loftcast. Have you heard about the QPR Ticket Wallet? You can now use the QPR app to store your match or season tickets and gain access through the turnstiles at Loftus Road. You just need to ensure you have the latest version of the QPR app installed on your Apple or Android device and follow the simple instructions on the ticket tab on the lower navigation. For more details, visit qpr.co.uk.